You're worth it. You are worth it. You're listening to episode number 55 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. New episodes uploaded only on Self-Care Sundays. And today's episode is an interview with my new favorite musical artist, Girl Wild. Today's guest is Alex Barnes, aka Girl Wild. Florida raised, she moved to LA fresh out of high school and has been navigating her way through the male-dominated music industry as a self-managed and entirely independent female artist. On July 26th, she released her newest single, I Don't Want to Die, and immediately upon hearing it, she became one of my new favorite artists, which is why I'm so excited to have her on the show today. I Don't Want to Die is not just another alt-pop anthem. She's completely unafraid to dig into her emotions, lay out the good, the bad, and the ugly, and she does this in every single. Probably Crying and Nervous Breakdown are my other favorites, in case you want to download. And as you can probably tell by their titles, the lyrics are so relatable to any girl going through mental health struggles, breakups, or just like your early 20s when you're still figuring out everything in life. So today, I'm so excited to dive into this interview with Alex. Let's get into it. So Alex, thanks so much for joining me today. I want to start at the beginning, even before moving to LA. Mm -hmm. What was your life like and how did you know that you wanted to take the leap and shoot your shot in the music industry? I grew up in a town called Jupiter. It kind of stuck out a lot. So I turned to music. It was interesting. Like My dad said when I started talking, I would just start singing everything. And my mom grew up being very musical. So I think it was just like in my DNA. And I kind of used music as a way to like cope with feeling like a weirdo in a town full of people (laughs) that were seemed to just like fit in a lot easier than I did. You know, it it became this like escape, but it also became the only thing I ever wanted to do. Um, So I would like skip school, stay home and write. I I was just like, it was the only thing that I wanted to do. It was the only thing that made me feel good. It was the only thing that I really could trust, if that makes sense. And I think that it just, at some point I decided like, I'm not going to be happy doing anything else. So why not try to do this and be able to like survive from it? (laughs) You moved to LA right after high school, which is an age when you're so excited for change and down for adventures. Like (laughs) I remember when I graduated from high school, I kind of did something similar where I just moved across the country and took a big leap of faith. But I also think that it's an age where you're really emotionally vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So what was that transition like from Florida to LA on your own? It was really difficult. So like the timeline was really strange. Like for a couple months before I moved out here, I'd come out for like a couple weeks at a time. And I was, uh, during that time I was like auditioning for a movie that was a musical that I, that had happened to like, just like my singing coach happened to like be training another student. And then he was like, you'd be good for this and blah, 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 blah. So I'd come out here for a couple weeks. And during that time I like, I wasn't an actress. So I was like 
throwing myself into acting classes and I made like a few friends and I decided I was like, wow, I fit in better with people that I've known for two weeks than in a place that I've grown up my entire life. It was hard, but it was almost like staying in Florida would have been worse. So like feeling uncomfortable and not having like a large group of friends when I moved out here, like my dad came out here with me for a few months to help me get like used to everything because he was like, you're 18. I remember what I was doing at 18. Uh, You're not going to college. You have no parental supervision, no authority. So let me just uh, show you the ropes. My dad's a cool dude. So, (laughs) but it, it, you know, it was like, do I stay in Florida and like feel comfortable and I could never pursue what I was trying to do from down there. So I was like, the discomfort is worth it. So yeah, it was really, it was really difficult at first because I was like, I'd rather be here. This is really fun and awesome. But like, I'm alone a lot of the time. How long ago was that now? Like, how old are you now? I'm 26. So that was about eight years ago. Okay, crazy. Am I right that you were songwriting before kind of doing your own thing? Like you were songwriting for other people? I mean, I was like, right. So basically like what happened was kind of out of the gate of moving to LA, I got picked up by a couple managers and it was like the whole like cliche thing of like, you like blindly trust people and you're like, oh yes, please take advantage of me. Like it was like written on my forehead. So I was kind of, I kind of got like wrapped up in, in this thing where I was like, you know, writing for my project, got signed to a publishing company and they were sending me out on sessions to do a bunch of like DJ stuff, which I did and pitch stuff and blah, 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 blah. But I was like, so empty because no one was kind of understanding what I wanted to do with my own music. Right. Yeah. And so you just launched Girl Wild in the past year then? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about mental health and music and particularly your lyrics and the songs, because that I think was the thing that I'm most drawn to in your music. Like, obviously it's so catchy and just great to listen to. And then you start listening to the words and you're like, oh my God, wait, this is so relatable. So like probably crying is one of my favorites, which I kind of felt like was this anxious girl's anthem. <laughs> like That's awesome. even like that. the opening line, which is like, can't find me on a Friday night. I'm probably crying. And I was like, yeah, hi. Yeah. <laughs> hi. I yeah. think that I've been there. Yeah. So tell us a bit more about your experience with anxiety and the inspiration in putting kind of your mental health experiences into your music. Oof. Well, I'm a ball of anxiousness. <laughs> um, you know, I think it started like really early for me. I remember as like a young child, like I would like wash my hands until they bled. I would not be, I wasn't able to go to school cause my stomach hurt. And it was like before anyone really understood what anxiety was. And so I think like I've experienced anxiety for a really, really, really large part of my life to where it's almost like a part of it, it is a part of who I am. And, you know, like you learn to cope with it and you learn your skills, but it's definitely been a part of me for as long as I can remember. And, you know, like I've also dealt with depression and PTSD, like it happens to a lot of us and people. Yeah. I think it's like so important to talk about it. And that's why it is in my lyrics. Can't find me on a Friday night. I'm probably crying stems from the fact that like right after my 22nd birthday, my dad got super sick and there was this like 
downward spiral in my life from like my dad gets sick. I had a relationship for a few years with this person and that was over. Um, I suffered from a really traumatic experience. Like there was just all these things that were like, like just building and building and building and building on top of each other. And during that time, I like didn't really know how to get it out in my music. And I was, you know, I'd go into like sessions and I'd be like, Oh, like I feel really sad, but people don't really want to hear someone talk about their depression or like their dad being sick or like whatever. Let's, let's turn this into like my sadness into a love song. And I'd like, I'd try, let's skew it this way. And I try, I try to cover up all these things about just who I am. And when I started writing for Girl Wild, it was like, I I wanted to embrace those things because I don't want to lie. I want to be really honest. And, you know, from the time of 22 to now, there were a lot of Friday nights where I spent just in my bed alone. I spent a lot of time in my tears. So that's kind of like where that came from. Yeah. And I'm curious about um, that breakup that you just kind of touched on briefly, because I think that so many songs that we listen to on the radio or that like become big hits are love songs related to love. And I think people like to attach feeling hurt to a broken heart. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to mental health and mental illness, there's like so many more layers to that. Like you can be struggling with your mental health and still be in love with someone or Mm -hmm. someone can break your heart. And then your mental health is like even worse because of that Mm -hmm. was was a breakup like a big experience with your mental illness or was it like two separate things? It was two very separate things. Um, There can be situations that you're in where you remove yourself and you're happy and it was, and it's situational or it can be for me, it's been a long time of like, you know, childhood trauma, (laughs) um, Mm. experiences, uh, lack of serotonin. Like there's a lot of things that go into it. It's, it was, it's never about a guy or a breakup or whatever. It's, it's about the pain of just dealing with those traumas. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is such a real thing to say because there's still so much misunderstanding around those kind of emotions when you are anxious or when you are depressed or when you're struggling with these traumas, like you said. And so to say that it's just about a breakup or just about a guy is like very surface Mm -hmm. level, but that's where I feel like a lot of musical lyrics lay Mm -hmm. right now. Like a lot of the heartbroken things that you feel that I feel can relate to a lot. It's like always about a guy and what I liked about your music is that it goes deeper than that. And it's like, no, it's not just about a guy. It's like, this is what I'm dealing with. I'm so glad that it, that you feel that because like that, I was tired of hearing songs only about relationships as well. You know, like I just like how many renditions of the same exact story can you hear over and over and over again? I want to know about someone's messy relationship with their, with themselves or their parent or, I don't know. It's just, I think it's so, there's so much more to music than, and life than the perfect partner or what is happening solely in your romantic life that doesn't define you. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Um, so I want to talk about 
the new single that you just released in July. What are we? We're August already. We're, yeah, I, I but it was, it was last so month. So it's but bad. yeah, okay. So yeah, like uh, it was very recently. Um, yeah. called "I Don't Want to Die," and again, loved the lyrics in this, and j- just found it like really relatable, but also a bop. So <laughs> um, tell us about kind of the emotions and the process behind that song. Oh, the song was so fun to write. <laughs> it's been an interesting few years of just like, like I've said, like all these different things of like dramas and, and whatnot. And I, I found myself in therapy. I've, I've been going to therapy for the past few years and it's truly the most amazing experience I've ever had because I can genuinely say I leave my therapist's office and I don't want to f- die. And mm-hmm. that's, awesome because that's progress and it's so hard it's hard to get to a point of being like this is worth it um but I've put in a lot of work and the song was about progress and the song is about really learning to be okay with the things that just like you know we all have the things where we sit there and we're like fuck this is so weird this is so weird. If someone else knew I did this, they would never talk to me again. You know what I mean? And it's about like embracing those things because everyone has them. So what? At least I don't want to die. At least I'm alive. At least I want to continue to make music. At least I have family and friends that love me. You know, that's what it's about. Yes. Yeah. I find, so I'm the same age as you. I just turned 26 and I found that just the past like year, maybe year and a half, I really started coming out of my mental illness and like would say that I'm fully recovered, quote unquote, as much as you can be. But there's always those times where something will happen and it like triggers anxiety or like something will happen and you're like, oh my God, I don't want to leave my bed. Mm -hmm. And what I loved about this new single was I felt like I wouldn't be able to relate to this five years ago, but today I totally can where you like, despite the bad, despite any issues that you might be dealing with, despite like the self-sabotage, at least you're in a better place than you were before. And there's some light and like, you know that there's like good coming. Oh, that's amazing. Yep. That's the, that's hopefully the message that everyone receives from this song because you can do it. Yes. And I think what's like so amazing about that is that you had to go through everything else to get to that place where you wrote that song, right? Like you wouldn't be able to, you know, I was at, I had, there were some incidences in my life where I was at the lowest place, like really bad. (laughs) And this project especially helped me crawl out of that hole. And I don't want to die was such an incredible, incredible experience like writing this song I was able I write everything with my best friend Mia and my friend Dave and they're my amazing collaborators and I was able to sit there with two friends that have seen this like year and a half growth through this project and like through therapy and like just you know figuring everything out they got to see me write a song about my darkest moment that will never see the light of day (laughs) to a song embracing the fact that I'm learning to love myself and get better. It, it was yeah, just such so a amazing experience. And that's so cool that you write it with your friends. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, they're awesome. They're the best. That must be like such a therapeutic experience writing with them. It is. That's, I think that's why like, this is the most honest music I've ever like been able to make because, you know, Mia is my best friend and I'm able to like have this candid conversation with her where I can literally tell her anything and we can use it in songs and we can use different things that I'm going through and not like, you know, directly hit it on the head because it might be too painful. Like it's a, I'm very lucky to have that relationship with her. So cool. I love that. And you talked a little bit about uh, going to therapy, which I think is so important to be open and honest about because there's still some people that are like weirded out by the idea of going to the stranger, (laughs) telling a stranger your whole life story. But for some people, it's like so life-changing. So I'm curious about your experience in therapy and also like other things other self-care tools or like things that you've done that you've really seen improve your mental health? Yeah. I mean, I think one thing is obviously, well, first of all, let's start with therapy. I love therapy. If my therapist could be my best friend, I would just be like the happiest (laughs) person on earth, but you know, like we're working on boundaries. So I've learned that that's like not okay. So love my therapist. Um, I think that a big thing for me that has helped me get better is you got to be honest with yourself and you have to be honest with your therapist. And when you're able to do that, I swear you will see changes in your life. Cause I would like not admit things to myself. Yes. I would be like, I'd be like, uh, uh, and then not have an excuse. Like it, it, I was, yeah, you got to take accountability for certain things. If you want to get better from my experience. Yeah, totally. No, I agree that, with that it, Yeah, 100%. that's just my personal experience was that maybe that was just something that I was going through, but I had to be honest. And the second I did that, I felt, you know, a lot of like weight lifted from my life. Well, I feel like one of the almost like symptoms of struggling with a mental health issue is that it kind of tries to convince you that you're not doing as bad as you actually are. So like, I remember when I was in like the midst of my eating disorder, I was Mm -hmm. so in denial that I had anything wrong. Like I wouldn't eat all day. And then for some reason I was just like, oh no, that's fine. I was just busy. Like I would just like come up with these excuses in my head and everybody around me was like, uh, this is a problem. But me to me, I was like, no, I'm fine. And then Mm -hmm. once you kind of like accept no, you're not fine. Like there is issues that you need to deal with and work through. And like you said, like be really honest with yourself about that and like what you need to change. Only then was when I really like actually started to get better and seek help and like go through that process. I can relate to that so hard. I mean, like I, I really feel you. I used to hide my, you know, I have struggled with eating disorders as well my entire life. And they've taken form in multiple different ways, but something that happened to me a couple of years ago that I really used as an excuse was I got obsessed with working out. And I was like, Mm. this is good for me. This is Mm -hmm. good for me. This is good for me. I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. And then all of a sudden one day I woke up and I was like, I'm going to die (laughs) if I don't stop doing this. Um, And that's like, I learned that in therapy. Like I learned that I was using a healthy thing as an excuse. Yeah. And I think what 
stops some people is like finding the right person. Like I remember when I first started going to therapy, I really didn't connect with my therapist. Mm-hmm. And so I would mm-hmm. literally, I would lie to her about how mm-hmm. I was doing, right? Which I think, yes. I think a lot of people I've do. I've done like, that. Yes, I've done you do. that. <laughs> you like don't want to admit <laughs> all of these things because you like don't actually trust them or like whatever the issue is. And then exactly. you're just going and wasting your time exactly. and wasting their and your time. Money. Yeah. And your money. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So then you need to like find a new therapist or a support group or like something that just fits better with you. And I think that process of finding somebody that you can really trust and like relate to, whether it's a professional or a support group or like a friend, like whatever it is, I think that process is what like turns off a lot of people from actually Mm -hmm. reaching out for help, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you Mm -hmm. finally, like reaching out is one step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Reaching out is just the very first step that you have to take. And then it's like, once you've reached out, then you actually have to like divulge your story Mm -hmm. and like work through it. Right. You have (laughs) to be honest. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. So it is like, it's so much work, but I think like when you're You're worth it, everyone is worth it. Yeah. Like if there's one thing that you can, anyone, if anyone listens to this and is like, I can relate to that, you're worth it. You are worth, you are worth it. Totally. Because once you see from the other side, like, wow, I actually can be happy. Like I can wake Mm -hmm. up and not hate my life and like wake Mm -hmm. up and not want to stay in bed all day. It's the best feeling. And you never think that you can get there. And then you finally do. And you're like, wow, yes, (laughs) I did it. It's, it's amazing. So the final thing that I want to talk about is kind of shifting the conversation from mental health things. You said that you had experience, um, being managed and now you're entirely self-managed, correct? Talk about why you chose to go entirely independent and how has that experience been? Like being a woman in the industry, is it kind of as challenging as everybody says? Is there (laughs) advantages that you find to being a woman? Um, So it's interesting. So going back to like moving out here and like finding managers and whatever, I was in like I have had my fair share of like not the best relationships because with like male figures in that sense, because there was a lot of it that fed into my eating disorder Mm -hmm. at the beginning. Like, you know, I remember at the beginning of my career, this one person would always say like, like you, you're not at your fighting weight. You're not at your fighting weight. You're not at your fighting weight you got to lose like five to 10 pounds and you're at your fighting weight. So I would always obsess over this like five to 10 pounds, five to 10 pounds, fighting weight, fighting weight. And I got so lost because like we do this thing to young women where we like have them focus all of their self-worth on, on how, what they look like. And you know, like you have a young 18 year old boy who moves out here and no one's like, God, bro, God, bro, like, like <laughs> no one will fuck with your music unless you're like ripped. And it's, it, but we do this to girls. We do this to mm. girls. So we're like, so it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like pressure and, and expectation that came with being a young woman. And that comes with being a young woman working in this industry. Um, my experience being managed with the wrong people was very bad. (laughs) So it led me to really want to protect 
my art and who I am as a person. You know, I, I, I was always like, I'm not going to work with someone until I know that they can, that they do respect me as a human and my mental health and wouldn't want me to jeopardize. How do I put this? I will never sacrifice my body, my health, or my art ever again. I stand for something and I have to actually stand for it. And that's kind of like been my experience. Yeah, it's fucking hard. Like it, it is what people say. Like I've had people fucking say the weirdest shit to me. I've had men want a fucking sessions. Like, I mean, like what it's like, it is exactly what people think it is. Like there's sketchy A&Rs and there's, it's, it's like a movie, but it's crazy. I think you, you find the good people. And I think that like those people are being weeded out and I've kind of like found my tribe now and I'm surrounded by people who are really talented, work really hard and aren't bad people. And you just have to like find that and stick with it. Because, yeah, there's a lot of weird shit that happens. It's a business based on, like, sex and looks. It's weird. So what's next for you and for Girl Wild? Like, what are you working on? What do you hope is going to happen in the next little while? Well, I have – I'm working on – well, it's done. An EP. The EP is done. Um, exciting. New song. Very excited. It's coming out at the end of the month. It's coming out on August 30th. Um and then the next month, I'll drop the rest of the EP. Um, I have a show in a couple of weeks that I'm doing. Uh, in LA? Just trying to like, yeah, in LA. I'm just at Gold Diggers. I'm just like, I'm headlining a show there. I'm so excited. Um, just, you know, releasing. We, I made this like short film uh, with like a minute from each song from the EP. And it's going to be this like, tiny little movie like welcoming people into my world if that that if you can like okay that's so cool yeah so that's coming out too so just like making more music like the ep is gonna come out and then you know more songs nice okay (laughs) well that's so amazing i'm so excited to hear the rest of the songs and i'll definitely like i'm i've subscribed i'm i'm a fangirl now for life so oh my I love you. You're so cute. 